Okay, I'm recording and I'm chewing on these things. All so. right, we are recording and we are chewing. What the f is going on down there? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WTFTFW episode 433. It's Sunday, and it's Sunday, Seth. Hey. What's up, Seth? Oh, you know. Sunday. The, the world. That's right. What on earth could possibly be on anyone's mind this week? Transformers and Stranger yeah. Things. That's what. Uh, Stranger I, Transformers. I saved this one for when we started the recording. Seth, I wanted to in on record because I just started watching Stranger Things. and then, Doctor Stranger Things? Doctor Stranger Things. It's a pretty good British series about a guy who time travels. Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not bad. But I'm only two episodes in as of right now. And I wanted to say on record uh, that uh, it Dustin and Lucas uh, are the best kids who have ever been on screen. Uh, they've made me retroactively not like other child characters that I grew up watching as much because those characters weren't Dustin and Lucas. Uh, they're fantastic. And I, I would like for them... I want to see a Stranger Things season in, in 1984 or 85 when the two of them become uh, closet Transformers nerds. <laughs> well, that that season is set in 83, right? Yeah. That's what it says at the beginning. Yeah, so you gotta, you know, next year. And they said for season two that it is going to be set a year later mm-hmm. because, you know, the kids are growing fast and they already had to do, like, pitch stuff to Dustin's voice during oh, really? ADR. Yeah, like, his voice changed... In po- while they were in post production, so when yeah, so when he had to do ADR, they had to pitch his voice. So they just figured, well, there's no way we could get away with season two not being at least a year later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they're over that hill with him now. Yeah, because uh, as far as I understand, as far as acting goes, like that's kind of a one-time crisis that you're going to run into. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's cool. Yeah, it's 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 a good show, and by the time this episode's out, I may well have finished watching it because I might I might barrel through it tonight. Uh, really enjoying it. But uh, Seth, we we have we, we have some important uh, grim news to talk about. Okay, uh, let's it. Uh, everyone keep your heads. Yeah. Okay. Stay calm. Attached. Because uh, there was a nomination, right? Mm. And then there there was there was a vote. Yeah. And an uh, election, you might say. An election, yes, and it, it was a disaster. Um, the Transformers were defeated in this year's Toy Hall of Fame vote. Um, they were beaten out by uh, Dungeons and Dragons, The Swing, and Fisher Price Little People. Um, so, you know, I've, I've taken my hat off. Ironically, they got the most votes, though. It's weird, yeah. If it wasn't for the friggin' uh, Toy Electoral College, it, it would have been completely different. But, uh,. You know, Dungeons and Dragons is is it's a good old game. It's it's got a lot of staying power. Uh, the Swing is a bastion of uh, this great toy nation. I think I grew up differently than some people because to this day I've never understood the uh, the pedestal upon which Fisher Price Little People has been placed uh, amongst the toy types. Well, they're a preschool toy. They are. They're for very little kids. They are. And I think 
if you were that age, like mid late seventies, early eighties when, and then I may be wrong and it may be because I was that age in that time period. Mm -hmm. I think that was likely like the high point of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then it, you know, carries nostalgia with older people. And uh, at, at the Canadian National Toy Museum, like there was when I was there, they already had a a shelf set aside, a small display for Fisher Price Little People. So like you know, this is this is a fault on on, on my on my part. Like I just don't understand it. But um, you yeah, know, like my girlfriend almost bought a nativity set a couple days ago because it the the figures in the set very strongly were homaging Fisher Price Little People. I mean, they were larger, and they weren't, yeah. like, trying to completely ape, but it was that kind of peg body style. Um, and she almost bought it just because it reminded her of the Fisher-Price people. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, the other two, like, Dungeons & Dragons should beat Transformers if they're up against each other. Dungeons & Dragons has... Should it? I mean, it has so much weight behind it. <sighs> Yeah, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I don't know how much the Toy Hall of Fame thinks about games. I think I think they treat as, them equally. Yeah, because uh, if you ask me, like, what do I think is going to be in a Toy Hall of Fame, board games or role-playing games aren't going to be the first 20 things that leap to mind. Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, that's why I would say, like, if I if I look at the nominations and Dungeons and Dragons is in there, then it's like, okay, that's gonna beat some of the other ones. Um, but yeah, I love D and played D and D for years. Oh yeah, I, what I mean is, if someone's gonna argue that Transformers is a bigger entity than Dungeons and Dragons in in the greater history of you know the first world, I'd, I'd probably say no. I like Transformers a lot, but D and D has has a lot more behind it. Oh, did D&D have a series of movies that grossed billions of dollars? Yeah, did you not see it? It was pretty great. <laughs> there was a dragon in it. A dra- there was like a thousand dragons in it. There were too many dragons in that movie. It was garbage. I actually don't D&D remember. The movie is garbage. I, I don't remember the movie very well. And is it the one with Ray Liotta or am I misremembering it as a different film? Yes. Ray Liotta was in it as a sorcerer? Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's the only and, part. Uh, Marlon Wayans, right, as a borderline racist depiction of <laughs> of himself. I I only remember the only part of the movie I remember because it's the only part I, I I was laughing at was I I adored Ray Liotta's performance in that movie because he sounded like he really didn't want to say a single thing he was saying, uh, and it, it was pretty funny to watch. Um, no, I, the first time I watched it, there was a point where like Marlon Wayans says or does something, or it was a combination of his body movements and dialogue, and I I almost had to pause the movie because all I could think about was like, is is this racist? Am I wrong to watch this? Is this bad? <laughs> I'm like, but I mean, he's doing it. But it feels like a minstrel show kind of a thing. This is, this, why did this happen? This is terrible. Oh, there's a Beholder. The most D&D thing that happened in this whole movie and it's gone now. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> guess what? It's actually a terrible movie. Uh, and I, I would I would dare say Transformers 4 is, is a better film than it in the oeuvre of films that aren't all that good. Uh, 
See, Dun Dungeons and Dragons is like if you actually go past the pa the part, if if you don't just take for granted that it was nominated, that, uh, there's some debate to be had there. But with it being nominated, uh, I think it probably deserved the win. Uh, the swing definitely deserved it. Well, every year they they have something super simple. Like yeah, ball. Well, there's like stick and I think the, the stick, <laughs> stick and wheel was one in there once. Um, was it stick and wheel or just stick? I thought it was stick and wheel. <laughs> just stick, I think, is like pushing just a bit past where the toy hall of fame would go. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> next year's rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, next year should just be the cardboard box because it's it's everything, right? I'm waiting for a plastic bag to get into the Toy Hall of Fame. There's going to be an argument about that, though. <laughs> They're going to be like, hey, wait, how many fatalities are on the hand? How much blood is on the hands of the of the plastic bag? <laughs> um, also, other finalists that didn't make it alongside Transformers were uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots and Care Bears. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots... Um, Certainly has its place in history, but like it has also been wholly subsumed by Transformers as of yeah. a year or two ago. Well, they're still Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh, they're still making the, the game Rock'em yeah. Sock'em Robots? Okay. Yeah, but I think that Transformer version is different because I think it's a different company that owns Rock'em. I think Mattel might own Rock'em Sock'em Robots. So, really? Yeah, because the, the okay. Transformer version is like kind of different looking. Okay. I think. I may be wrong. I, I always... This is my problem. Whenever it's a, a, a board game, which I would just barely roll Rock'em Sock'em Robots into as far as being in the same aisle, I always assume Hasbro owns all of those because <laughs> they own Milton Bradley. Uh, but uh, you're probably right. Um, I, I, I was, Yeah, it's Mattel. It's Mattel. Damn, I, I bet Mattel was all salty about those Transformers things. Yeah, it it's, it's a very similar concept. But the robots... Like, the shape of the robots is, like, really different. Okay. But, you know, it's still... They're aping the idea. And uh, Care Bears... Uh, it's not like it doesn't belong there, but I, that's a name I hadn't seen for a while. So that was kind of yeah. neat. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I would put Care Bears in before I put Rock'em Sock'em Robots in. Yeah. But Care Bears, the heyday has come and gone a long time ago. Well, they tried to come to make a comeback some years ago. I recall seeing a commercial, and that's about it. Also, because I never had a Care Bear, what did they do, or were they just teddy bears? They were just teddy bears. Okay, that's disappointing. I always assumed that the stomachs did something. I think some other smaller toys came out later, like plastic toys. Okay. But, like, the original Care Bears were just stuffed animals with different designs on their bellies i'd swear i'd swear at least at some point after their cartoon started they made at least a couple where it was like if you push the stomach it lights up yeah yeah that sounds familiar i think that did come later uh like i'll defer to the care bears podcast community when it comes to getting deeper into that but care uh cast. the care the care cast yeah <laughs> uh no the, no wait no okay i care i was about i almost thought bear cast would have taken all the words together into it, but I forgot about the word care. Yeah. Well, and then with Rock'em Sock'em Robots, that's something that's kind of been around for as long as I can remember. Yeah. But I don't feel like they've ever been that culturally significant. They're like, they're, they tread close on the line of being a, a phrase people say without even referring to the game. 
Yeah, but was there ever a Rock'em Sock'em robot craze? Because there was definitely a Care Bear craze. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't think there was a Rock'em Sock'em robot phase. It's, it's more maybe the, when it was brand new in whatever year that it was invented. But besides that, it's just something that's just been around. Like so many other board games have have just existed for a long time. Yeah. But you know, and uh, end of the day, uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm 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 generally just a spectator of the Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, the the most recent reply in the thread is actually someone saying, "I didn't know when or where to vote," and uh, and neither did I. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not a registered Toy Hall of Fame voter. Well, neither one of us voted, so we have no right to complain. That's what people say. Yeah, we basically. I mean, you know, it did, of course, I didn't. You know, I tried to find the information, and they told me, "Oh, sorry, but you know, your criminal record doesn't allow you to take part in this Hall of Fame vote." And, you know, that's what I get for pirating television shows, but. Uh, oh, I'm reading a little bit about Rock'em Sock'em here, and it's very distressing. So it was originally produced by the Mark's okay. Toy Company in 1964. features two dueling robot boxers mechanically manipulated by the players. And The 2000s version of the game by Mattel features physically smaller robots. Lame. Wow. Wow. Lame. Way to, wow, way to be lazy. Lame. For maybe 20 years, I've always thought about maybe buying a Rock'em Sock'em robot and repainting the robots. Into what? <laughs> like, gritty, weathered versions. Oh. <laughs> now you, that, you gotta do that as the, uh, as what's it, the, um, the concept piece for when you pitch the Rock'em Sock'em robots live action cinematic universe. I think they already did that. Oh, did they? <laughs> no, it was that Hugh Jackman movie with the boxing <clears throat> robots. Wasn't well, that just basically Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Well, that's different. That, uh, like, those robots are, are, they all look much more different from each other. See, it's called, Shrinking down the robots. It's called Real Steel. Disgraceful shrinking down the robots. Just disgusting. You know, it, it's it's like with the food industry where they keep shrinking the container sizes but keeping the price the same. You know, in my day, Rock'em Sock'em robots were 18 inches tall. Made of lead. Yeah. And when you punch the head off one of the robots, you know, someone died. They yeah, you, you had to be careful because it blew off so hard and fast it could break a lamp or something. Yeah, there were stakes. It was, that was a game. That was a blood sport. Knock a hole in the drywall. It was it was it was a it was a contest of honor and, and metal. Uh, anyway, that's the Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, Seth, let's do 20. some uh, new picture picks. Okay. Uh, my own is just it's a new toy picture I saw today, and I want one. That's why I picked it. Okay. Uh, Iron about. Factory for the Shanghai SGC 2016 is doing an exclusive version of the Pink Assassin who is their little tiny RC, uh, as the Night Assassin, who is a little tiny Nightbird. Uh, the main thing about this is that this figure has all new accessories and a new head. Um, I really want this figure because the Pink Assassin was one of my kind of surprise favorites from my TFCon Chicago haul. And uh, the stand that the figure comes with is an actual really decent figure stand that works with uh, Transformers, like the the uniform stand peg hole that they're putting into all the Titans Return toys works with this stand. 
Um, so I want more of the stand. And the little figure is really darn poseable for a tiny figure. And then the whole package is like 20 bucks. And I, I like it a lot. So, uh... The That's only... how much I paid. It's... Yes! Spoiler for what we got this Uh oh. The only, the only thing about this figure that, that disappointed me a bit is when I saw the picture on my phone and I saw the new head with the faceplate, I didn't see how big the eyes were due to the perspective, and I thought, oh, the, like the one thing about Pink Assassin is I wish they included an alternate head that was closer to the aesthetic of their uh, the rest of their, their line. And so for a second, I thought that's what this figure's head was like, but in, in the rest of the photos, I'm seeing the eyes are still just as big, uh, yeah, which doesn't... Like I'll get over it. It's it, it's not the the biggest problem in the world. It's just, it's if I could have my druthers, alternate head would be one of those druthers. Yeah, but, we uh, just talked about it. Like what the last odd episode, the the cutesy girl. Oh yeah, you're right. Robots that was already... compared to the gritty boy robots. I already forgot how long ago that was. That being not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the, oh, that was back in the 1900s we talked about back, that. Back in the old days when we were having a rousing game of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I uh, like referring to anything that happened before the year 2000 as the 1900s. And by anything, I mean things that happened like in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> no, just everything. Anything that was born two years ago. Remember, dinosaurs were around in the 1900s. <laughs> about the time of the Big Bang. <laughs> You know, carbon dating can prove the dinosaurs have only been around for so long. Uh, Seth, how do you feel about uh, Night Assassin? It's alright. Um, I don't really need it. Like, I would love somebody to do a highly articulated, posable, awesome Nightbird more than a transforming homage to Nightbird. Somebody did a non-transforming Nightbird, and I forgot who, and it wasn't very good. This was like yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, I think it was more than a couple years ago. Some, I think it was like early, early days. Like, was 1900s? it Impossible Toys or somebody? <laughs> I might, yeah, it might have been the impo- 1900s. Might have been Impossible Toys, yeah. Because they, I mean, they did, at the time, they were the only one doing anything like that. And I bought all their Quintessons because awesome. But, uh... They were limited in what they were able to do. Yeah. Um, They they did the best they could at the time. Whether or not it holds up to today's third-party standards, I can say. It's a a retro piece. It's a retro piece. Yes. Um, uh, The the, the main reason why I like this figure is because the base mold I ended up liking so much. And uh, I'm also into the idea of one that's painted in a ton of silver. Because silver paint usually makes me happy. So hopefully this won't be hellish to get a hold of. Like, a lot of people have mentioned other SGC exclusives, which were not hellish to get a hold of. So, uh, just I'll just keep an eye out, see if an order goes up in the next couple months. But Seth, what's your new picture pick? Oh, okay, I'm looking at unofficial Nightbird right now. Oh. So there might have been two. Like, didn't one of them come with, like, really heavy... Um, die-cast weapons that it was hard for her to hold. Yeah, I, I'm conflating a lot of them together in my head, because I know, you know, there was the TFCon one that was based on the other, the Valkyrie that Impossible Toys did, but then Impossible Toys also did a non-transforming one, and then there was, yeah, the one with the die-cast weapons, which maybe was Eye Gear, or was... 
one of the companies that ceased to exist really fast. I don't is remember. An, yeah, okay, yeah, there is a, a, a Nigear one, and the, the weapons look metal. So that must be the one that had the really heavy weapons. Okay. And then I th this looks like an Impossible Toy box for this other one. Well, the, the Impossible Toys uh, Nightbird was a TFCon exclusive for, I want to say, 2010 or 2011. Uh, she had Vengsta-designed weapons and suffered from some really unfortunate quality control. Yeah. I didn't get any of them. Yeah. Any of these fake Nightbirds. Anyway, uh, my pick-pick. Your pick-pick. Bumblebee spinoff movie has a finalized script, and they're looking for a director. So if you think you could direct a Transformer Bumblebee movie, send your resumes to Bob Bay, or not Bob Bay, um, Bob Bay. Michael Bay com. <laughs> Bob Bay's his brother. Don't talk about him. No, Bob Bay uh, is my deceased boss at work. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. R.I.P. Bob. Um, yeah, so send your resumes to michaelbay.com. Well, you know... At I, Hollywood. I am, com. <laughs> I am an award-winning director. So if they if they do want someone to direct this, you know, I'm not hard to find. I wish there was... I wish Michael Bay could be reached at michaelbay.com at hollywood.com. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is this is uh, reminded me of back when the, I forgot how long ago it was fresh news when they had the writers' room. Uh, Christina Hodson and Lindsay Beer were uh, two of the writers in the writers' room back in summer 2015. Uh, and so it sounds like this this movie is supposed to come out June 2018. So hopefully they can find a director um, before then. Like it's impressive they actually have a script. You know, more than a year before the film's coming out. That's better than Revenge of the Fallen had. Um, yeah, I'm curious who they're going to find. If well, it, my... Oh, God. I was going to say, if it ends up being Michael Bay, I don't think that's that's 100% <laughs> unlikely, because they throw enough money at him, he'll do it. But imagine how much of a buzzkill that would be. Like, this one... Yeah. This this is our one... This is This is exciting to me, because it's like, hey, we might finally get to see another person's vision for a Transformers film. But if it's Michael Bay or if it's one of those, you know, produced by Michael Bay directors whose styles are so forgettable, people tend to think that they are Michael Bay. Yeah, one be, of those cronies. Yeah, that would be disappointing. Like when Rob Liefeld would hire people to just sort of draw like him. Yeah, or, you know... To like, take over books when he moved on or something. The guy who directed the first live-action... No, okay, this is, a, this is tricky to say, because I almost said something wrong. The guy who directed the first of the current line of live-action Ninja Turtles movies, whose directing style was so akin to Michael Bay's, it was pretty easy to forget it wasn't Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, I just hope that by focusing on a single Autobot... Who knows what they're going to do about villains or villain. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that by focusing on a single Autobot, they can, you know, actually make them a character and have them be interesting. And hopefully Bumblebee could talk. I don't I know if he's just going to make radio sounds forever. I'd really like it if he could talk. That'd be really nice. Yeah. If 
but then he could have like conversations or something because <laughs> th there is a movie to make where the alien robot can't speak and that's part of the relationship he has with the human characters but that i think is now then, for a different franchise yeah but then it's just like kind of the way it is in all the other transformer movies where exactly the transformers are more action weapons and not characters themselves yeah because, because, man, that that is what the live action Transformers movies need is the is is to look at the Transformers as characters, and and we started to get that more with the fourth one, but now what we need is to look at them as characters where they also are not unpleasant characters. Like I, I'd love to actually like movie Bumblebee. Yeah, it'd be nice if like whoever his human buddy is is somebody that he talks to and they talk to each other is so much is just like the human character will yell something to the transformers and then they'll do what they're doing. And then when they talk to each other, it's like just lines. Yeah. It, it doesn't even, it doesn't feel like they're talking to each other so much that they're just saying things. And then you never see them talking because they're only talking while these stuff's happening so it's just like dubbing in lines during these action scenes that's and it's just it all feels weird yeah I mean, it doesn't that, feel like a real conceived movie <laughs> that that was again one of the just it, it's always hard to say this because it's not like the film was great but it's one of the reasons why i ended up really enjoying age of extinction is that there there was at least one scene that took place for more than 20 seconds where Optimus Prime and Mark Wahlberg had a conversation that didn't revolve around what they were about to blow up. And it wasn't like a great conversation, but I, I remember when I saw it, I was like, hey, wait a second, they're talking to each other. Yeah, but only sort of yeah it's yeah, like for like for like 30 yeah, seconds like this guy says a sentence then this other guy says a sentence and it's all kind of quippy it's it's not like it doesn't even feel like it's relevant to what's happening a lot of the time it's just everyone's making quips yeah and it, it and it it feels kind of like the writers write a bunch of dialogue Michael Bay and the practical effects team set up a bunch of explosions and cars flipping off of hydraulic rams. And then ILM puts a bunch of robots fighting in the background. And then they just layer everything together. And it doesn't feel cohesive. It, it never really feels like there's one vision behind the whole thing. Yeah. It just feels like these three parts. And I stacked on top of each other i think a big part of that comes from michael bay's directing style which just embraces that relationship of all the different sides of production which is why i really hope they get an interesting director on this one like they're not going to get someone who changes the face of it all because this is still part of a thing that wants to make money and is under the thumb of a whole lot of scrutiny but I'm hoping that, you know, under all of that molasses, something interesting can squeeze its way in and, and you know, give us something that has a, f a fresh feel to it. Yeah, because it's like... It, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Bay just sends over a hard drive with all the practical shot stuff to ILM. And then has a conference call, like, so what's happening here? It's like, oh, the robots are fighting. And then it just sort of falls on ILM to figure that out. 
I mean, a lot of the times the animation looks like that's what they're doing yeah. is stuffing what they can into the, the shots that they're given. And then they just dub in a few lines of dialogue on top of the, the chaos. Yeah. Uh, it would be great if I felt like the trans like a transformer and an, a human character in a live action movie were actually connecting on like a an, a, a true character level, and not and not in the way like I I know I say things I would like for this film to also not crux on me making up half of the fiction for it to enjoy it. Yeah, I like doing that. Don't get me wrong, but this is a different director now. I I I would love to not have the onus put on me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, I know, like, not every director, but I know it's set up at Skywalker Sound, which is uh, at Lucas Ranch. Like, Lucas's big house that he lives in is on the same property. Um, there's a another house for, you know, visiting directors or whatever for when they're doing sound mixes if the director wants to be there overseeing the audio mix and i bet michael bay hasn't been within 100 miles of that place <laughs> he doesn't seem like the sort of director who's that concerned maybe, maybe not with the audio but i have heard that he tends to hover over the editors uh during post-production which is not a, an actually a good thing to hover over your editor in post-production yeah. that's that's an editor's nightmare well but. he may like i'm not saying he's not communicating with the sound department at yeah, all. Yeah. But he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going up to Marin County, California for a couple of weeks to be there on hand and oversee things. Yeah, and no, I, I, I'm just saying I heard that as far as the uh, the visual cutting together of, of the film, like the rough cutting, like apparently he tends to, to show up for a lot of that in metal. Um, which I would hate. It's never nice when a director's standing there telling you what to do. Um, Sounds like George Lucas is the kind of guy that does that too. Yep. I've heard. No, uh, one of the first things I learned is is um, unless the editor and the director are are a creative force who synergize really well and get along and better things happen when they're in the same room together, the director should not be enormously hands on with post production. Because they were already hands-on with the entirety of production, and you know you're you're supposed to pass that buck around uh, between the two phases. Um, so uh, hopefully we get some more news on this sooner than later. Because like I, I'm, I would like to know whether or not to be excited about this. Uh, just please make a good Transformer movie. That's all you gotta say. That would be Come cool on. too. You know, like Come on. doesn't have to be great. Just has to not be, you know, Razzie's bait. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> can we do like a, like a, uh, now I can't remember the name of the restaurant I was going to pull, um, <laughs> um, like an In-N-Out burger quality Transformer movie instead yeah. <laughs> of, instead of like gas station microwave hamburger quality movie. It's like, it's both junk food. It's both not good for you, but can we just get a version like that's a little nicer <laughs> yeah, give, give me an in and out give me a wendy's you know give me a give me a give me a fast food that i'm happy to go and the, give me a fast food i seek out not one that i go to because it's next to me when i'm hungry you know 
It's, it's yeah. It's like we. I think I think it's easy for people having this conversation to to start thinking that it's all about making like a you know an award winning film. And it's like we don't even need that. Just need a film that like I'm not uh, immediately embarrassed to say I enjoyed to some degree. Um. Probably a better way to put that, but I can't think of it right now. Right. I'm still, I'm still, oh man, it's been a week with that toy Hall of Fame stuff. Ooh. Because we all love a fun action sci-fi popcorn-y kind of a thing. Absolutely. Like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Still but, a bit of a high bar. Bit of a high bar. I don't think yeah, Transformers but that, can quite that's get like, there. That, that's the, uh, the little fancier, a little nicer fast food. Yeah, that, that's that's the home. That's I'm the saying local. that's what I want Transformers to get to the nicer fast food, not the like most like truck stop microwave fast food. We're we're tired of having Burger King for films. That's what we're tired of. Burger King is the live action Transformers of fast food. You could do worse. All right, like maybe we took a little flack on Popeyes, <laughs> but I'll be damned. If I rescind no. a statement about Burger King, apparently the the uh, Runner Park Popeyes is the worst one in the country, <laughs> the entire world. <laughs> because, yeah, like that that episode got the most comments of any episode in a while. It was all about the Popeyes. Yeah, and like at least two thirds of it was Popeyes related. <laughs> like I was, I was, uh, I was actually stunned when I woke up to all of that. <laughs> So welcome to WTF at Popeyes. Clearly, yeah, a more engaging topic than what we normally <laughs> talk about. Like I've been hearing the biscuits are really. Hoopla is going to take me to Popeyes because there's a Popeyes here, and Hoopla was quite adamant. He was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna go to Popeyes. You're gonna have yourself one of their biscuits and some of their chicken." Um, well, I ate at the Popeyes in Rhode Island during the 07 BotCon. Mm-hmm. That was fine. And I ate at a Popeye's in the Dallas airport, and that was fine. Like, it didn't blow me away. I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is better than any fast food chicken I had ever done have. Mm-hmm. But it was fine. It wasn't bad. It's just the one in Rona Park is completely staffed by, like, burnouts from the halfway house. <laughs> it sounds like some people are actually going as far as to say Popeye's has the best fast food biscuit on the market. Because I saw somebody say... Well, several people in that thread were saying it's the best fast food chicken there is. Hmm. And I'm I'm not going to stick my neck out and claim any fast food chicken as being the best. Yeah. I, I was... Uh, there was a certain um, conversation, a very quick one, where someone brought up Red Lobster biscuits. And I was about to say, you're, if you're going to tell me they're better than Red Lobster's cheese biscuits, and I'm going to go and try them. And if you're not right, I'm going to be mad. But then whoever said that immediately said, well, you know, Red Lobsters is not really fast food, though. We can't really compare them. So I was like, all right, cool. You're backing out. You're you're chickening out for making that comparison. Good. No one. I'm not going to stand here and hear you talk mess well, they're, on they're Red Lobster They're completely different things. Like, yeah. it's not a buttermilk biscuit like you get at Popeye's. The Red Lobster thing is a different kind of biscuit. But, like, so that, that 07 BotCon, I can't remember the guy's name. Um he was a Scottish dude that used to be around the boards. Still might be around the boards, and I just lost track of him. I don't know. Scottish dude. And uh, Debesh and I and him 
all got Popeyes for lunch one day. And he had never seen such things. He's never encountered such things as as this Popeye's chicken or he must not have been to a KFC either because he's like very gingerly opening up his box of food because it all come, came in a box. And like Debash and I are just like pulling everything out of the box because we know what to expect. Here's my mashed potatoes. Here's my coleslaw, blah, blah, blah. And he pulls the biscuit out and sort of is balancing it on the flap of the box. And he goes, why, why, why is there a scone? Oh, God, I remember this conversation. (laughs) I wasn't there, but you guys talked about it afterwards. Yeah, we're we're like, what? He goes, there's a scone in my chicken. Why is there a scone? We're like, no, no, that's a biscuit. He goes, well, it looks like a scone. Like, no, it's a it's a buttermilk biscuit. He goes, well, what's that? And we're like, it's a buttermilk biscuit. It's just what it is. And he eats everything else he has except for the buttermilk biscuit. He saves that for the very end. And then he finally takes a bite. And we're just, like, on the edge of our seats. Well, what do you think? And he goes, it tastes like a scone with too much butter. (laughs) And we're like, fine, whatever. It's a scone. Who cares? You win. (laughs) I mean, But it really bugged him out that there was what he believed to be a scone involved. (laughs) He he didn't think it should have been there, and he didn't like it that it was there. Like a buttermilk biscuit and a scone, or as I like to call them, a scone are very close they're 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 like cousins but you get a really good scone you make it with like seven up so it gets extra bubbles in it and it's it's a much different experience yeah um and that's 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 bumblebee spinoff movie um seth you remember giz buttermilk buttermilk bumblebees coming soon to kfc (laughs) that'd be a tie-in like little uh little vw shaped biscuits yeah, I'd like one of those. Except for he's gonna be like a Camaro or whatever, or whatever. He, what was he? He's was always some kind of Camaro. Mustang. Is it Camaro? Yeah. Camaro, Camaro. Some kind of Camara. Chimera. <laughs> some kind of Chimera. Yeah. Uh, Seth nailed it. Do you uh, do you know what Gizmodo is? I do. That's one of my favorite sites. I used to go to to read up on PDAs back in the early two thousands. I'd always go to Gizmodo for my PDA news. Um, they were given the reveal on some new R.I.D. toys, which is not the place I expected a reveal for Transformers toys to be given. Yeah. Like, Especially like the the kid line. Yeah, when, when I saw the news and everyone was linking to Gizmodo, I was kind of like, I was like, well, what's the actual source? Why are you all linking to Gizmodo? <laughs> <laughs> But it turns out that's the actual source. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, if if it was, like, Gizmodo was revealing the next Masterpiece toy to be sold in the U.S., that seems a little more fitting, because it's, like, the high-end expensive thing. Yeah. Not I, not the the little kid. Line. I, I like the red line a whole lot, so I'm not, I'm not uh, mad about it or anything. I'm surprised. Uh, and I mean, they certainly have got the nostalgic, um, bent to this because it's like generation one returns in rid because these all happen to be somewhat G1 looking toys to some degree. Um, all these characters. Yeah. Char- and, and I'm going to count war for Cybertron as G1, I guess. And, and with blur, I guess rescue bots, 
But uh, we got some uh, a look at some new warrior toys. Well, they're characters from G1 originally. Characters born from G1. B-O-R-N-E, even. Born. Um, there, there was some, some other stuff in here, that because they showed some Legend toys and warrior uh -huh. toys. Uh, which, which is, uh -huh. what, what? What are you saying? You're not, you're not hear, do you, are you hearing something? Those don't sound like ambulance. Sirens. If you're hearing something, then, uh, hey, maybe you should calm down and not be so hysterical. <laughs> uh, they also showed some one-step and three-step and activator toys, which uh, I, I guess were the, the comment bait for the Gizmodo commenters. I didn't actually look. But uh, the Warrior toys look pretty darn cool. Uh, they aren't all, all completely new. Um, the Legends toys are also neat, because one of the Legends toys is Cyclonus, who's not been in R.I.D. yet. And his bio seems to give away a spoiler for Rid Season 3. Uh, which is interesting. I'm not going to say it, because I don't, I don't want to. But uh, that Legends Starscream looks really darn good for a Legends toy. Um, and uh, as for the Warrior toys, there's a, there's a Bludgeon who's actually colored like Bludgeon. After we saw the Bludgeon who wasn't colored like Bludgeon at, uh, at New York Comic Con. Uh, there's also Starscream and Skywarp, who both seem to be slightly different from the Toys R Us Starscream that already came out. And then as for brand new things, we've got uh, Warrior Blur, who some people have pointed out resembles Rescue Bots Blur a whole lot. Uh, and Rescue Bots had Rid Sideswipe on the show for a couple episodes, so they're they're playing some continuity stuff with each other. Uh, there's also a new Soundwave, who is kind of like if Prime Soundwave dressed up like War for Cybertron Soundwave. Because uh, he's got Prime Soundwave's head, and uh, one could argue he has Prime Soundwave's old arms as wing things hanging over his new arms. Uh, and then there's also Twinferno, uh, which is the new name for Double Cross. Uh, and this is Twinferno turning into a cross between his G1 monster mode and a jet, which I think looks kind of cool. <laughs> Well, it's like a stealth bomber with dragon heads hanging out from under yeah, the Yeah, it's wing. a stealth bomber that's kind of like, you know what? <laughs> Screw the stealth part. Friggin' dra golden dragon heads. <laughs> yeah. We're going to paint this stealth bomber maroon and hang gold dragon heads off the front. Of it. <laughs> and put scale, like the wings of the uh, even have like dragon scales on them. Um, yeah. I think these toys look fun. Like the warrior toys have consistently, after wave one, been going up in quality and going up in how much I like them. Uh, it's unfortunate that they often tend to be sold for just as much or more than Generations Deluxes at many retailers, because they're not worth that as much as I like them. So uh, I, I am looking forward to picking these up, but I'm probably going to wait and see if the Transformers Adventures versions in Japan are coming out anytime soon, because those usually are only slightly more expensive and have a whole lot more paint. But uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with any of these. Like They all look to be up to standard for Warrior Toys. I think Soundwave looks great. Uh, I really like the callback to video game Soundwave, um, and, and I like the idea that, you know, Prime Soundwave might get to come back properly after his one-episode cameo in uh, RID so far. So, uh, in general, like, I, 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 I like all these. Twinferno's silly, but he's silly in a way that I kind of dig. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well into these. Uh, Seth, you're not as, uh, as up on the new RID, so how are you taking what is being presented to you as a return of Generation 1? Well, I kind of like that. I'm assuming it's laser beak, even though it's blue. Yeah. Um, that's the bird mode's kind of cool looking. Uh, but so you know, you look at a car that's been around for a while and has had different models. Like, let's say a Mustang. Yeah. 
you look at a 2016 Mustang, you look at a 1982 Mustang, and you look at a 1964 Mustang, they're all very different looking, but there's some elements that carry from car to from model to model throughout the years that's what these three blurs look like like they look like different generations of the same car line oh. but they don't really look like the same car yeah yeah I, all the cars look really kind of different I hadn't, I hadn't looked at the one step blur uh very closely yet but yeah he's got he's got some differences well even the warriors and the legend blur look really kind of different mm. Now, I'm sure just a lot of that is there's some silvery, whitish paint on the Warrior that doesn't exist on the Legends. Yeah. But it just makes it look like this is like three different models of Blur from different decades or something. I'm also just now noticing that they kind of imply the G1 Blur shield on the hood of his car mode. Uh I didn't didn't see that at all until I was trying to see the differences between the three of (laughs) them. That was, like, the first thing I noticed. I'm like, all these cars are, like, really different looking. And I kind of like the one-step car the most. <laughs> I want to know how the one-step transformation on him works, because that looks interesting. Like, I, I never buy them, but I, I have a, I, I kind of like the engineering side of one-step and three-step toys right now, because they usually try to go for a neat trick. Um, so I wonder, I wonder what the motion is on this one. Well, you could kind of see like a little arm coming out from the back attaching to what looks like a big plate on his back. Yeah. And it looks like the legs and arms are attached to that plate. So that little arm goes from the plate into the torso. So it looks like you just pull the arms and legs out and they're all attached to that one thing. That's neat. Yeah, I, I I I like that stuff. Like they they always try to go for, I think the the word I heard them say is whenever they design one of those like one or three step toys, it's always like we think about the motion of the transformation being the feature. And there's, there's something cool about that. I wish they weren't as expensive as they are since they're often so big right now. Uh-huh. But yeah, Bludgeon's tank mode is kind of silly. That's looking. the Megatronus toy from uh, from Wave three or four. The Megatronus tank mode is kind of silly. It is looking. incredibly silly looking. It's uh, and the Megatronus version, like this one, at least has a turret. The Megatronus one also has a turret, but the turret is more of a gigantic bayonet with a fusion cannon underneath. Uh, this one has a sword on the turret, so I guess he's carrying on the tradition. I think I remember likening that um, Megatronus tank mode to the uh, the redesigned his tank. Yeah, GI Joe. But like it had, the, it has that weird kind of forward slant. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of like this, this. The new part on this one's tank mode on the front, like where it, it looks like his chest but isn't. I kind of like how it looks like a, a a bulldozer scoop. Like it's got that forward sweep to it. That's kind of yeah. neat. Oh, it's just weird. I uh, I really want to get that sound wave. I want to know. Uh, I want to know how that sound wave feels. He looks. He looks pretty darn cool. The warrior one. Yeah, yeah. Or which one? Yeah, because there's three of those I'm, too. I, also, with very different looking vehicles. I, I am. I am primarily talking about the warrior toys. Uh, the rest of the line, I, I spectate. I think has interesting stuff, but like, I got. I get nothing from it. Okay. Well, the the three step sound wave and the activator combiner sound wave. 
are similar looking truck modes. Yeah. And then the warrior sound wave, you could kind of see similarities, but it's like kind of like with the blur where it looks like a different model of the same truck line. He's got a wider nose because he's, I think he's actually using the nose as his chest on the warrior toy. Yeah. Uh, I just, I've, I always really liked the war for Cybertron Soundwave toy. And I always wished it had gotten a better second run because I, I like when they did the uh, the fall Cybertron one with the disc spitting gimmick. Uh-huh. Like that wasn't like a bad toy, but I felt like the deluxe from a couple years before was just better. Um, and I always kind of wish that that they'd taken another swing at that. And uh, this isn't the same thing, but it, it's close enough. Satisfies me. Also, he's hey, look, he's got his G1 shoulder cannon. Remember Soundwave? Remember, remember when he shot t- chests from his tape? Remember Soundwave? I remember. Remember his tapes? His tapes turn into a whole animals. Have, have you been watching this season of South Park? I haven't. Okay, you don't know. No. You don't know <laughs> about the member berries? No. I've been reading about about how they, you know, their their writing process works, which I still think is insane. I'm I'm surprised that people working on the show haven't hit, like suffered a massive heart attack uh, from doing everything week to week. But uh, I just wonder if they were working on two different versions of the episode that aired last Wednesday because it had relevance to things that happened Tuesday. What what I read <laughs> what I read is that. They they didn't have two episodes ready to go. They had like a malleable episode, but they very much were expecting something different to happen. And mm-hmm. so apparently it was a bit of a scramble to get their new episode made. Yeah, because it looked like the show was going in a direction predicting one event. Yeah. And like, okay, we believe this is what's going to happen like everyone else did. Um, <laughs> and then... Maybe they had a plan B that they didn't think they'd need and then had to like, ah, crap, plan B. Yeah. Like I said, I like everybody. else. I, I think I think their production <laughs> cycle is insane. Uh, it's but it's, it's yeah. fascinating and impressive. I just like I would never want to work on something like that. Well, they did that little short, like one hour documentary showing how an episode gets made yeah. in the course of a week. Yeah. And it's crazy because when, like, have you seen that? Thing? Um, I, I think I saw it a while ago. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, like, it, it shows them, like, sitting around <laughs> pitching jokes and kind of getting the framework of the first episode together. And people are throwing out jokes and just laughing and be like, oh, that's that's terrific. That's a great joke. And then it's like the day before when they're recording the dialogue and they're all just sitting there like, the why did are these even funny? Like, why did we think these were funny? These there's nothing to them. And it's just because they've been so exposed to it over the course of such a short time. It's lost its humor to them, but it's still a funny joke. Just, they've heard the joke like 50 times in three days. (laughs) No, I mean, I just remember that news story when they actually had to miss a deadline due to like a, a, a technical problem. And it was like the first time they'd missed a deadline ever, uh, and and I remember thinking like, man, like it's the the pressure of that of keeping up with all that is is so crazy. I could not imagine. Um, anything else about these new rid toys you you want to touch on? Not really. All right. Uh, what was next on this? Oh, we had a listener question. 
Thus, an we question. have a listener question from Destined Anarchy with a K. Uh, he says, hey, Vangelis and crew, with the success of Combiner Wars and Titan Masters and the idea that follow-up lines need a line-wide gimmick, what do you believe the odds are that any future lines will use MicroMaster combiners? I think it would be a fun gimmick to combine the vehicle modes and a nice follow-up to the Prime Wars trilogy, if not part three of the trilogy. Uh, thanks for any answers provided. I, the, the thing I really wanted to bring up about this is MicroMaster combiners specifically... Uh, showed up in the IDW comics as one of the uh, worlds on the Council of Worlds, um, you know, about a year or so ago. So there is comic book fiction already in place if they were to be a part of the next Prime Wars line. Uh, and I don't, I don't think they would probably be the line-wide gimmick, but it certainly would be cool as, like, the thing occupying the Legends uh, price point. Because uh, I always like MicroMaster Combiners. I, I'm a big fan of, uh, I think his name is Vanquish. Um... He's, he's one of the little stealth bombery looking, well, stealth bomber, little uh, blackbird looking dudes. I always, I always mess that up. Yeah, he was uh, part of the MicroMaster combiner that turned into an SR-71 blackbird. Um, they had cool colors, they had a cool look. I would love to see Generations Vanquish. Uh, but Seth, what, how do you feel about MicroMaster combiners? Do you think they have a, a place to come back? My concern with MicroMaster combiners being the third thing is the combiners were the first thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they would just do a different kind of combiner. Uh, I don't think I would want them to do a different kind of combiner. I want them to do something else. Well, these, these are the guys, whatever else is. The, the, these aren't the guys who were an actual like combiner team that turned into a big robot. These were the ones where it's like, uh, each MicroMaster turns into the front or the back half of a vehicle. Oh, okay. Because when I went looking up MicroMaster combiners to refresh my memory, I'm finding like lots of pictures of six train and so, stuff. So I'm just realizing, looking, I'm looking at the question again. I don't. Maybe that's what Destined Anarchy meant. Because <laughs> whenever I read MicroMaster combiner, I always think of those front half, back half vehicle guys first. You are, you know, you're probably more on online with what he meant than. Well, no, but didn't he say something about vehicles? Yeah, would it be fun gimmick to combine the vehicle modes. Okay. But then again, I was thinking of the train guy and thinking that it was just a bunch of trains stuck together. But uh, <laughs> big stick. So maybe you are right. After I mean, all, we'll find it. Hopefully, Destined Anarchy and I am will, the wrong will reply one. to the threat. <laughs> tell it or or you know what maybe don't reply to the thread and leave both of us hanging forever yeah so it's like two robots because this is kind of part of that blank spot in when i was paying attention to transformers mm -hmm. um so it's like two robots and they each become half a vehicle yeah like i think that would make for some neat legends stuff yeah, but if they can't completely work on their own, I don't know if Hasbro would do that. Yeah, I, I guess it's like... Because if you're stuck as a kid with only the back half of a truck, that's not a fun toy. I, 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 I figure they would need to sell them in two packs. Like, you couldn't just sell the guy, who, like Vanquish turns into the back half of the jet or whatever. You couldn't just sell him by himself. Unless they they pulled from the the upcoming Rid stuff and make it so it's like they combine into a jet, but if you only have one, 
there's like a little kind of BS front or back half you can fold out that makes him into like a stump jet. Stump jet. Stump jet is my Transformers original character. <laughs> Heroic Autobot stump jet. Um, because I like I don't really have good ideas for how they would integrate with the bigger toys outside of like, hey, the bigger toys could have spots for them to dock, but. If it doesn't have to be, like, super line-wide, I would love to see MicroMasters of some kind occupy the Legends price point. Like, now we've got all three Insecticons, what else do we need to have in there? I'm sending you a stump jet. Oh, great. It's, a, it's got a prop, it's not a jet. Stump plane. A stump plane? Yeah. Always gives me these view these shared images things. Really? Yeah. I think it's because I'm on uh, weird Mac Skype. Weird Mac Skype. Uh, listeners at home, if you want to see what I just saw, Chris, it's it's the G B G E E B E E Model R racing plane. It's adorable. <laughs> I want a transformer that turns. Uh, this is Stump Jet. This is Stump Jet's alt mode. I was fascinated with this thing. Or these planes when I was a kid. Hey, guess what? This is the picture for the episode. I'm saving it right now. I had like a a, a little diecast toy of it. It's adorable! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, episode title picture. It's in the folder. I'm going to forget why I did that, probably, but I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I... As for, like, just the conversation about what the third Prime Wars trilogy thing will be like, like, I don't really want to, like, we've had that conversation, I think, one or two times with each team already since Titans Return started. So there's not too much else to say, really. Um, Seth, do you think, do you, I don't know, would you, do you have any ideas of how you could, how you might integrate MicroMasters into, like, Deluxes and Voyagers as well, or do you think it would be best left alone? <sighs> Well, I mean, unless you were going to do, like, Power Masters or something. Yeah. But then, again, you're it's a situation where what do you do with the engine block robot when it's in a mode that it doesn't need to be attached? But I guess, I guess, like, with Power Master Prime, you stuck the engine on his truck mode and his robot chest. So there was always somewhere to stick it always somewhere where with the headmasters they they worked in the little cockpits which is great and then i was going to say if you had to just work in cockpits for the little robots to go into again then that's again not different enough and then i'm still wondering if it's different enough um so i'm not sure what you would do at this point i kind of just want to get to february when they're going to ostensibly show what the third Prime Wars trilogy series is. That's what I would like. Well, we just gotta wait a little while and then it'll be February and we'll find out. Yeah, just, just wait a little just wait a little while. Um Seth, let's talk about what we got this week. Okay. Let's uh, head into our, our finale segmento for this. Okay podcast did you get any transformers this week yeah you did yeah so as was mentioned i got a pink assassin yes i got it for my girlfriend because 
her two characters are RC and Cosmos. So any RC and Cosmos stuff that comes out, I just kind of get for her now. Yeah. Um, and she thought it was so cute. She was, I want to do it. And it is, it, it is very posable and cool for how small it is. It, it is very small. Uh, the vehicle mode is kind of, it just is. It's not that impressive. I'm more impressed with the posability of the tiny little robot and the detail in the tiny little robot. It's really well done. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I was not expecting thigh swivels. I was not expecting that waist joint. Um, I'm really impressed with that little figure. Uh, more so than the DX9 RC, who, like, I've kind of grown fonder of. But, like, I, I feel, you know, aesthetics you can talk about, but the engineering of the figure is no comparison. Like, um, the transformation's simpler on that Iron Factory one, but I just feel like it accomplishes enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a good little figure. Yeah, yeah, simple little simple thing, but well done. It's it's a, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, then I got um, Voyager Astro Train and um, is it Alpha Trion? Is yes. That the name that okay, I, I wasn't sure if it was. I couldn't remember all of a sudden if it was Alpha Trion or. Uh, and now I can't even remember the other name that I thought it might have been. <laughs> Alpha, tra- Alpha Train. Yeah. Um, but I haven't opened them yet, so maybe next time. All right. Uh, but then I grabbed the uh, the Walgreens Brainstorm. Oh, yeah. I, so I, I got one of those. I have one of those, too. Yeah. So, you know, if you have Blur, you kind of know how he works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's all right. Uh, I think I kind of like that brainstorm that came out a couple years ago that isn't compatible with all the other titan masters mm. but I, I think that other one is my favorite brainstorm of the three brainstorms <laughs> the original and then these two yeah uh i just like the vehicle mode way better it's just kind of neat and cool looks like the video game the, the bullet hell kind of art yeah. type kind of a thing the other one's saying more with what it's doing. Um, it's just more exciting to look at. It's pulling from the really good comic book design. Um, the, the main reason I like the Titans Return one is, is because he kind of is embracing some of the less popular and less exciting parts of the G1 toy. Even yeah. though the G1 toy has a more exciting looking alt mode. Like the, the Titans Return one is just so happily going like, remember that G1 toy? Remember the the kind of like kind of mushy sort of weird colors and everything and I'm like yeah I do that was one of my childhood headmasters so it it hit a nostalgia bone on me real hard yeah and just kind of the shape of the the vehicle mode seems closer to the original G1 toy yeah and that's all well and good it's fine I mean I'm not saying don't get it or anything but... it's it's just it's unexciting compared to the the Voyager one. Yeah, but it's it's good to have to go with everything else. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, you know, it's just different. Where the Voyager one from a couple of years ago doesn't really go with everything else because it's not compatible with the head th- gimmick. Ah. So just do what you want. Yeah. All right. 
stop looking to me for all your answers <laughs> stand up for yourself once in a while make well, your own decisions the one person who was looking to you for all their answers is just <laughs> but, but oh uh, no uh, <laughs> oh man <laughs> now what am I gonna do sorry I'll, I'll give you your answers Seth doesn't have to hear this but I'll give you your answers yeah Sometimes you just gotta get answers from where you can take them. That's right. Uh, but that's all I got. On right. anyway. I got uh, something that had a long build-up to coming out. Um, I got my non-F Productions trivia and whatever he called Rosanna. Um, these are... I'll send you a picture. I took a, I took a nice picture of the Rosanna one that I'm very you happy see, with. You see, there's just a picture straight from me. There's no shared image thing. Uh, that's because I'm sending it's you URLs. Oh, URLs? And I'm sending you some URLs, some HTTPSs. Uh, so this thing is based on uh, a figure that is actually, I think, still available on Fake Busker's uh, Shapeways store. Uh, Fake Busker designed this. I own the Shapeways version, and then um, content like through uh, Nonf, Nonf made aluminum molds from the Shapeways version in tandem with Fake Busker. Uh, actually tweaked the, the design in a few ways, and then created this this injection molded plastic version. Uh, which turned out really well. I, I quite like it. Uh, this toy had a very long wait period. Uh, Pre-orders were taken, I think, around two years ago. And then um, Non-F fell under some uh, hard times. Not Non-F has bad luck <laughs> uh, between, like, floods and storms, wrecking his workshop, uh, you know, other types of things. Uh, but, you know, got this made. Uh, and I believe is only doing the one production run. Um... There is a, a fear that, given how this is just a, a, a figure of a Transformers character who's currently available in Titan's Return, uh, that is being produced inside the United States, there is a greater fear of uh, stuff happening, uh, legally. So uh, I think this is the only production run happening. But uh, it transforms into a little data slug. Uh, it's nicely posable. The, there's actually, uh, the improvements over the Shapeways version are primarily in the arms, where uh, the hollow forearm thing that the Shapeways version has is gone on this one. It's all been filled in. Uh, there's uh, swappable hands. So there are some little hands that uh, can hold 5mm pegs. But to transform the figure, you have to replace them with kind of little claw hands uh, that come from the Shapeways version, I believe. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, Shapeways version kind of doesn't have thumbs, so the hands can fit inside the forearms. Um, the leg transformation changed as well a little bit. Uh, there's, the only bummer I have is some of the locking tabs are gone, but they also don't really seem to be necessary anymore. Uh, and then Non-F included, there's, there's some divots in the bottoms of the feet, and Non-F includes two uh, little rare earth magnets with each figure that you can just sort of stuff into the feet so the figure can then do the Microman thing where they can stick to metal surfaces, uh, which, which is pretty darn cool. Um, I put the feet into my rewind, and I have like a little kind of, you know, one of those, those tins that mints come in. And I can, like, hold the tin up with the figure because the magnets are that powerful. So that's kind of cool. Um, the only major critique I have on the figure is the white plastic used is kind of milky and a little... It's kind of milky and semi-transparent. It looks very prototypey. Uh, and uh, I, I would like to experiment with spray painting that stuff uh, properly, bone white, uh, when I get the chance. But uh, I'm happy with the figure. Uh, I'm glad it came out. Um, it, it, it is exactly what I wanted. A little comic book style rewind. Uh, 
The only, oh, there's one other thing. Originally, the Rosanna version was going to come with a microphone, and it seems that the microphone ended up not being produced. I think. I'm not actually sure. Um, but yeah, that's my on-topic what I got. Uh, I'm thinking I might, if they are still kicking around, I kind of want to order the blue version of this as well, and then the version with the fully white legs, like in the comic books. Because um, I'm, I'm happy with the figure. But, uh, yeah. That, that discussion thread turned into a real war zone over the last couple years. <laughs> so I'm also glad that that's behind it, hopefully. Uh, that's all that I got on topic this week, if I am recalling correctly. Uh, Seth, I know you did something off-topic this week. Uh, there's yeah, a bunch of different categories of off-topic toys. Oh. So we found the Lego Disney minifigs again. Yeah, they, they advertised they were doing a second run on those. Yeah, people kept assuring me there was a second run coming. So we see them at Target. We felt every single bag they had. We were looking for Buzz Lightyear and Aladdin. Crinkle, crinkle. We found Aladdin, no Buzz Lightyear. Oh, no. So then we were at Target yesterday, and I spot the bags. And there were more bags than there were, like, a week and a half ago when we found the Aladdin I said well they they've restocked these these aren't just the same ones there's new ones here at least <laughs> well that's our feeling because we got to get this over with crinkle, and we didn't crinkle. have a lot of time yeah we were on the way to a birthday thing we had just stopped at Target to pick up a couple things that we needed uh, to heading to this birthday party so I was like alright well let's do this fast so we just started grabbing bags, and it's like, okay, this this one's too thin. This one's too thin. There's not enough in here. There's something big in here. Oh, it's like a Donald slash Daisy Duckhead. Throw it back. I'm like, okay, there's big stuff in here. Let me see, feel, feel. This has to be Buzz. This has to be Buzz. And the girlfriend doesn't trust me anymore because I blew it that first time. So then <laughs> she's feeling it, and the, okay, this must be. Let's take a let's take a risk. And it turned out it was. So we're done. We're done with the Disney minifigs. Hey! We finished. Uh, then I've gotten a lot of Star Wars guys. Star Wars guys. So I have the f Wave 1 and 2 of um, the Rogue One 6-inch black figures. All right. So I got all the Wave 1, which is Jan Nuso, or however you pronounce your name. Um, Unmask Kylo Ren... The big tall robot guy. Um, the death trooper. Yeah, the homeless looking guy who looks like a disheveled Hoth Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> um, a death trooper. And I think there was something else in there. I'm trying to do that that way from memory, and now it's been like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, figures are pretty good across the board. Um, I don't, I just don't like the big puffy blue coat and baggy pants of the guy that looks like the homeless Han Solo from Hoth. Um, I, I anticipate that one being like the peg warmer of wave one. He looks like a peg warmer at, even at a distance. He looks like yeah. a peg. He is a guy who shouldn't have been in wave one. Cause there's no film to tell anyone why he's important. Yeah. And also, it's just—it's kind of an awful-looking outfit. Yeah, it's <laughs> just—it's gross. You put like, yeah, it's like disheveled homeless Han Solo on Hoth. 
Yeah. He's been wearing that jacket for two months, and he's been sleeping in it. Like... Yeah, so with the Kylo Ren, jumping to Kylo, um, I didn't really sit there and side-by-side him with a, a earlier Kylo, but I'm pretty sure all the sculpting on the body and the cloak and everything is exactly the same. Yeah. Now, the length of the cloak is cut better. It's not as long. And you have a so, Force Friday Kylo? I have a Force Friday Kylo, and then I have the... No, 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 I don't. I ended up with two... Of the improved Kylos. Oh, okay. So it's even better than that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, just in that they fixed the, the length of the cut on the fabric. Okay. But I think everything else is pretty much the same. Does he come with uh, the, the like the gesturing hand at all? Or is it just like two grippy fists? It's two grippy fists. Darn! Okay. Um, but improve other improvements besides just the, the length of the cut has to do with his accessories. So it's a... They redid the lightsaber. Oh, okay. So it's not the handle with the one blade piece that f- kind of mixes all three parts together, and then you could remove it to have your deactivated life- lightsaber handle. He has a deactivated handle, and he has an activated handle where the the three blade bits are permanently attached, but they're not all connected, so they're all separated and nice-looking. Mm-hmm. So it... I, I think it's better lightsabers. Now, if that's important to you or not, that's up for you to decide if you want to get an unmasked Kylo just because of the lightsaber, or if you want to get it because you also want an unmasked head, or you don't want it at all because you don't think Kylo Ren's cool enough to buy it again. I have three now. <laughs> I'm you're making you're making me tempted by the unmasked one because of the better cut cloak. Yeah. But no, and, no, no, no. and I think the lightsaber is dramatically better is i, I want to know if that's the same improved lightsaber that came with the whatever other alternate version of him with the kmart exclusive yeah snowy boots I'm curious. i don't remember i didn't look at that one close enough i'm sure there has to be a website that will go in depth on that for me oh there's gotta be it's star wars there had if, you, if i have a question well, it's star wars and it's toys there there were gi joe sites that told you what parts were reused from figure to figure yeah which was awesome i loved it i used to pour over that site and like read like oh like i saw that was that arm but i didn't realize that was that lower leg because <laughs> <laughs> i i also am in the position of having too many kylo rens so i'm i think i might if i see him on sale because he's wave one and that tends to permeate maybe i'll go for the unmasked one but i already mm-hmm. have like the force friday one and the improved one, and the SH Fig Arts. Well, you could just cobble together a, a Hasbro one, like yeah, like just keep the keep the better cut cloak and one of each head, and the better lightsabers, and then give a headless one to charity or something, <laughs> or just throw it in the street, or pass it on to a customizer who might have something they could do with it. Who knows? Whatever. Just keep the parts you like and get rid of the parts you don't. I threw out a, for listeners, I threw out a little uh-oh there because I actually had a major Skype drop from Seth, which I don't think he noticed. I didn't notice. All right. so if I, I thought I, you were just listening to me say the same thing twice. No, when, when listeners go back to this part, they might hear me drop an uh-oh while you're describing your Kylo Ren plan. Well, no, I was suggesting 
to you like you could get an unmasked one and then cobble together all the parts you like yeah yeah that's like if you like this cloak and you like this lightsaber and then just keep one of each head just pull a helmet head off and then you could just swap the heads as you need them and only have one body sort of a thing yeah because i'd like to have a really nice kylo and i still want to try i've always months now i've not been getting to it i've been meaning to transplant the cloak from one of my kylo rens onto the figure arts version because uh, the figure arts one has a super junky hard plastic cloak uh-huh or no you know pvc rubbery and hard plastic but uh no, that's good to hear about the kylo ren I'm, I'm really kind of pleasantly surprised to hear how much nicer he is there there's gonna be some noise i'm gonna try to dig up that newer kylo it's been over here. You can hear me open that and throw the lid to the side. Oh man, that's some auditory. Yeah. And then I'm digging around and get these guys out of the way. They're not even Star Wars guys. Why are they in here? What are you doing in the Star Wars box? You non Star Wars is. Those are my multiple gems. So where is it? There it is. I panicked for a second. I didn't think he was in here. I should have just pulled him out right from the beginning. So. Yeah. I don't need the lightsaber. So yeah, that plastic part of his cloak that goes around his neck and hangs off the back is exactly the same. Yeah, it's just got like the texture from the updated one. Yeah, it's the updated texture. It's not that weird mushy texture. Yeah. Yeah, and there's... It's not cut much shorter, but just enough to look better in my opinion. All right. Along the, the bottom. But otherwise, the body looks exactly the same. I remember at one point, I was going to. I think my plan was I was going to try trimming the improved one's cloak a little bit more myself. Uh huh. And of course, it's one of those many projects that I say I'm going to do and then I never do. Um, I was going to ask you uh, how you felt about Alan Tudyk Robot. It's really good. Like, I'm in love with that figure. Um, the wrists are a little loose, but you know it's fine. Yeah, it's it's very tall. <laughs> it's really big. Um, but then Death Trooper was in that first wave, mm-hmm. and they they look a little stretched out. Like yeah, they look taller than they should be. I, I got very a, lanky. I got a Death Trooper, and like that was my first thought: is he looks like a weird, creepy, slender stormtrooper. And someone told me that the current theory about that is that it's not... Because I thought, like... Because it's easy for me to think, like, oh, they screwed up the sculpt. But then I'm like, Black Series tends to be super particular about its proportions. Uh, And when it's this noticeable, I'm like, is that on purpose? And then someone said there's a theory that the Death Troopers might be robots. Hmm. So they might just be, like, walking suits, and that's why they're so lanky and weird. That Um, could be interesting. Yeah, That turns out to be the case. We'll, we'll see what That happens. could also explain why you never see them in any Star Wars that is set after this movie. Yeah. Because that, that's one of the things with, like, like this movie being set before Episode Four. It's like, oh, here's the Death Trooper and the Shore Trooper and this new kind of TIE Fighter you've never seen before or since. It's like, what happened it, to all of them? Yeah, it's like, where was this TIE Fighter during the the, the battle at Yevon, Yavin 4, when they were attacking the original death star or any other time in any of the movies and um 
And every single time that this happens in the upcoming Star Wars film franchise, it's going to be like, well, it turns out that they're robots. Oh, that was the only one of that TIE fighter. <laughs> it was a prototype. It got blown up. They never made more. What, what a shame. What a um, shame. But like, but this, okay, so that, that shore trooper, Scarif trooper, what I, I've seen it referenced as different things. Like, I think on the package, it's called a Scarf Trooper. Yeah. In the Galaxy Hero games, he's a Scarf Trooper. I've seen other materials where it's referred to as a Shore Trooper. I keep I keep thinking he's called a Scarf Trooper. Yeah. But I, I think I brought this up last time, so if I did, I'm sorry. But it's like a thing that I've always thought, even as a kid, was, so are there just different Stormtroopers? Like, okay, you've trained to be a cold temperature stormtrooper, you're a snowtrooper, and that's all you ever are? Or do stormtroopers just put on armor relevant to the mission that they're being sent on? Yeah. Like, you're you're a stormtrooper, but you're being sent to this cold planet, so put on your cold armor. Or is that a different trooper altogether? In the end, it doesn't matter. It's just one of those things that I've always kind of wondered about. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. So I ended up with two. I got a second Death Trooper. Um, oh, and then going back to the, the Scarf Trooper, that that figure's all right. The colors are kind of cool, um, but there's nothing really special. Um, like, yeah. I'm not going to troop build Scarf Troopers. I'm, like, I'm I'm really fortunate in that, like, None of the trooper designs for Rogue One are hitting me the same way the First Order design did. Yeah. Like, the Death Trooper I mostly like because I like guys in black armor. But I don't even know if I'm going to get, like, more than one. Yeah, but, like, this director, Kranich guy, I think that's his name. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, It's kind of hard to remember all the names when I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, But the, the Imperial officer guy with the white cape. Yeah. So there's been a bunch of shots and trailers and stuff with him with a bunch of death troopers around him. So I wanted a couple death troopers because I knew that figure was coming. Uh, now, if they do scarf troopers that have different colors, like if it turns out this is an officer and they do a playing one, or if this is the playing one and there's an officer, then then I'll do that. But I don't feel like I need a squad of scarf troopers. And then the movie's probably going to come out and I'm going to be thinking like dude i need like six um and depending and on how the like... depending how the movie goes like i i really i'm i got a pre-order down for the fig arts death trooper uh-huh and i'll see how it looks with just those two but like the the only thing about the death trooper that also has put me off him a little bit is and i kind of want to wait to see if it gets corrected in a future version is the green parts on him are so barely even green yeah. that like it's it's kind of put me off of getting more than one because i'm like Every piece of art I've seen, that green stuff is not, like, neon, but it's way more clearly green. And so I'd like to see if they do some kind of paint update on the Black Series one. Yeah, then... So going into Wave 2, um, that that's where the Scarf Trooper was. That was a Wave 2 figure. Um, and Oh, and I didn't talk about the Jane Uso from Wave 1. So, okay, so the, the Jan... Jane... Jimmy Uso, Jimmy. also Uso. whatever her name is, um, from Wave One is a completely different outfit than the Kmart exclusive 
or uh, now uh, they they stopped putting store names on exclusives. But my understanding was at one point that it was an exclusive. I don't know. But the one that comes with the big rocky base that I had the big the hull blue to get. And I it think took forever. That's Kmart, and, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it's a completely different outlet outfit, so that's good. It's not just a repaint or they put a different head on or something. It's a totally different outfit from I'm yeah. assuming a completely different part of the movie. Um but it seems like the underlying skeleton is the same. So that they they did a good job building the body for her. It's a small female body that looks like a small female body. Like sometimes with with a uh, Marvel struggled with it a lot, and they've gotten way better. But like early Marvel Legends figures, they seem to have a hard time doing good lady bodies. Yeah, and uh, so the the Jane Usos, like the two that I have now, are good. They're good, well sculpted. Um, she is small. They made a small figure. It's good. It looks really. It it really accentuates the height of both figures when you put her next to that Ellen Tudyk robot. Like, if you really want to make that robot look tall, get one of these. <laughs> Stick her next to him. I, I had a similar effect when I put the Ellen Tudyk robot next to uh, Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Uh, it just made, made him look enormous. I went reaching over to where I thought my Spider-Gwen was, but she's not there. Um, Where's she at? Let, let me compare one of these to Ray from episode seven. Let's see which one's taller. No, they're about the same height. Okay. So if you have that Ray, she's maybe slightly, slightly. No, they're about the same height. It seems so. like Black Series is doing good work. Like, yeah. the, you know, gen generally it's like, it seems like a bad black series is at worst, like, something that'll still look good on a shelf. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's, it, it's, it's nowhere near the kind of pit I considered black series to be in before Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that director guy is in Wave 2. Um his cape is like that rubbery PVC plasticky kind of a thing. And it's just kind of held on his shoulders by friction. So it's easy to just like pop it off if you want to take it off. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how it looks from what I've seen in the trailer and stuff. It looks like it's just like a heavy cloak over his shoulders, not really attached kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, his pistol fits in the holster weird. Um, that's a nitpicky thing. Otherwise, you know, it it's just a fine figure. I mean, he's not that exciting looking of a guy. Um, and so um, I made a comment to somebody the other day that he, from what I've seen in the trailers, I'm like, yeah, just like the close-up of his face in that first trailer, I thought, oh, he looks like the sort of dude that Darth Vader chokes to death at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like i i would be surprised if if rogue one doesn't end with like the rebels get away with the plans vader goes what did you let happen 
he tries to like stammer on an excuse and then just starts choking. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I bet you anything that's how that dude's story ends. <laughs> um, then C-3PO oh, he finally just... exists in Wave 2. Is he is he just normal C-3PO or does he have the red arm? Yeah, he's red arm C-3PO. Aww. Uh, no elbow articulation C-3PO too. And what? Yeah, there's no elbows. Um, because he's got those weird little pistony things on his arms. Okay. And at that scale, to, you know, have them thin enough to look correct, they completely block any ability to have an elbow. So I understand why there's no elbow, even if it's a bummer. That's a shame. Yeah, so his arms are, you can't do much with them. He has articulation in his shoulders and wrists, but his elbows are locked at the angle that they're in. Is there anything about the figure that like balances that out given that he costs as much as he does? Like, does he have a nicer finish or it's kind of a dull gold paint that he's in. Um, Pull him out. I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good gold for a Hasbro toy. Yeah. Like off a shelf. Like there's a shine to it, but it it's clearly not like vac metal paint. But it's pretty good. But then the arm has zero paint on it, except for the palm of his hand has some black. Mm. But like there's nothing on the red arm. So it's just this very f- maroon arm. With, like, no detail to it. Um, like, all the wires on his belly are painted, which is good. Um, so, yeah. He's kind of good, kind of boring, you know, yeah. C-3PO. <laughs> it seems, seems like, as someone who already doesn't really need a C-3PO, that's, 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 I'll, I'll be happy to, to walk past that figure, I think. But, well, I still have that R2-D2 and C-3PO model kits yeah. that I haven't built. And, like, that's all back metal. Like, And, you know, that's going to be, like, the show versions when I get those together. Yeah, These are just kind of good to have. So yeah. now you have this, like, all right C-3PO. I mean, and the paint is, pr- is pretty good for mainline off the toy shelf Hasbro figure. Okay, and I mean, um, and, they, and he's red armed C three PO. Yeah, it, it's three stars <laughs> out of five. It's fine. Three, three star figure. Yeah. Um, then something I didn't know was coming out. Discovered at Target yesterday um, while we were there. They have a three pack. Which I'm guessing must be a Target exclusive, but they don't put exclusive labels on the boxes anymore. Those bastards. Um, I I I was thinking about why they don't do that. It must be because these things uh, in other markets, this way they could sell them in the same packaging. Yep. Without having a Target or a Walgreens or a Walmart or whatever logo on there when in they're selling Canada. it, not at those places. Yeah, like in Canada, we don't have uh, half those stores. So. Right. So this this set. So the disappointment in the set is there's a Jane Irso, 
Um, and it's exactly the same as the the, the regular single packed black figure. Okay. There's no difference. So I have a double of her. But like with my double helmeted Kylo, it will just go in the the box of toys that the niece and nephew can get at when they're over here to distract them from the toys I don't want them to get at. Um, then Captain Cassin Andor, the the homeless looking Han Solo. Yeah. Um, so there's a new figure of him in this box. Does he also completely look different costume? Completely different outfit. I like it a lot better. His head sculpt is fine. The paint on his head is a little sloppy. His goatee looks bad. Like he didn't do a good job shaving one day and screwed up his goatee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this outfit is much better. So he has like kind of tan cargo-y pants, a brown jacket, like a a light tannish shirt underneath. Um, kind of Poe Dameron-y. I'm <laughs> like that's kind of what gonna... I'm liking this too. Like there, like there was the single packed Poe Dameron that was in his X-wing costume that I know you weren't interested in. Then there was a three pack with the brown jacket Poe Dameron that people were more excited to get. This kind of feels the same way. The single packed of this dude is the kind of not desirable outfit. And then here's a way cooler outfit. Yeah. I'm curious then, if he's going to hmm. end up becoming like a Poe Dameron character where it's like he looks like actual nothing in the toy line, but it turns out he's really, really cool. Well, the impression I'm getting from like the trailers is he's the the number two main character. Yeah. It's like um, Jen is like the main hero and he's the the other guy, like the second, like they're the main two characters sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, that's the impression I'm getting where Poe was originally supposed to not survive that TIE fighter crash. And then they decided to keep him around and <laughs> wrote him back into the script. Um, but yeah, the, this is, this is a better toy of that guy. And then his gun does something kind of neat. So he comes with a pistol that fits into a holster on his hip. But then there's two extra parts that plug onto the gun to turn it from a pistol to a rifle. Oh, cool. But there's nothing to do with those extra parts. If you just want the pistol and the holster on his hip, then you just have these two loose parts with nowhere to go. It's a shame. It'd be cool if they like clipped onto his belt or something. Yeah, or if they plugged into each other to make an in-between size gun i don't know but it is what it is then the third figure in the set is another death trooper hey so that now i have three death troopers and i think i'm done <laughs> but this one is a little different it, it's the exact same sculpt the exact same the green isn't green enough comes with the exact same weapons the only difference is he's got a whole bunch of web gear all over him. Oh, so he has all the... these pouches and a shoulder pauldron and all that good stuff. I was wondering where that guy came from because uh, Nick Botnick had sent me a picture of that one with two normal death troopers. And I was like, why does that death trooper have belts on his belts? Yeah. So 
I'm just assuming he's the officer, so I have like this ultra geared up guy and the two normal ones to hang out with like Kranich. Maybe I should get that uh maybe I should get that three pack if I see it. I really hope that dude's name is Kranich, because I've said that at least six times this episode. <laughs> and if it isn't and listeners know that his name's actually like Steve, they're like furious every time I say it. And I don't blame them because uh, <laughs> I I have felt that exact same way listening to other things where somebody says the wrong name over and over again. Yeah, I'm on your side, listener, assuming I'm wrong. If I'm not wrong, then good for me. I'm not on your side anymore. So there's there's a picture I did of all four of them together. Together at last for the first time. Let's um, get in here and, and view this shared photo. Aww, they look like a happy little family. Oh, and I think I had... Okay, here, let me send you this other picture, too. So I have the two... Um, this movie's Poe Dameron's and this movie's Ray's. The two different versions all together with uh, Alan Tudyk peeking around from behind a post at them. So you can kind of see how they're different. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that dude's facial hair is terrible. Yeah. So the homeless Han Solo costume, you could take his his hat off, which par- partially explains why it's so oversized and dopey looking, <laughs> because they <laughs> they had to make it larger to be removable. Yeah. And then the uh, the the Jan on the left with the uh, the kind of scarf hood that pulls off, so you could have her unhooded. Okay. Um, and then the hat on the more cloaked up with a breathing mask, Jan, that, that hat is sculpted to her head. That's just on there. So it's not oversized and dopey looking. Man. I wonder if those outfits are from the same mission because they have similar goggles on their hats. Yeah, like those two are on like their snow mission gear. Yeah, something. Well, except for the base she came with was rocky. Maybe it's just a cold planet and not a snow planet. It's cold mountain planet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dry cold. It's different. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for Star Wars. Hey, Marvel toys. Hey! Have you seen Doctor Strange? Because I got a bunch of Doctor Strange toys. I, I still haven't <laughs> seen Doctor Strange. It's on okay. my to-do list. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to see I it in 3D. It. I was convinced I'm going to check it out in 3D. Uh, so I was talking to somebody yesterday who saw it in 3D and they said like all like the, the trippy, like interdimensional stuff is cool. Um, but there's big chunks in the movie where you kind of forget that you're watching 3D. I, I, I had a feeling like I'm going in knowing it's probably just for those kind of effects, but they spent such a long time going like, for real, the 3D is good this time, guys. Like, I want to want to see as someone who likes good 3d i want to see how it turned out yeah and i think it helped where i i don't know much about dr strange seeing the movie so there's one character whose name i'm like that name sounds familiar um but i'm not sure so i didn't have a preconception of that character through the whole movie and then I looked it up afterwards and was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to run through these 
figures. I'm going to start with, so there, okay, so it's, uh, there's eight figures in the wave. Three of the figures are movie relevant and all the others are comic book relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish there was more movie characters. I really wish there was a Tilda Swinton ancient one figure. That's what I've been hearing as the general, like, negative on that whole wave is everyone is saying like there should have been at least the ancient one in here yeah you could take out pretty much any comic book character from this wave and replace it with the ancient one and i would have been perfectly happy with that yeah um so for the comic book characters you get a comic book style dr strange this looks like a a more the, because there's been changes to his comic book design. Uh, this one is more muscular, spandex outfit kind of a design that I don't really like for Doctor Strange. Like, I kind of like the billowy, blousey kind of Doctor Strange. This is like more superhero y looking Doctor Strange. And yeah. Yeah. Then you get Brother Voodoo character i don't really know much about except for he's like another magic man that strange is buddies with i think he was in the comics he was at least briefly the sorcerer supreme at, at some point in the last 10 years probably they seem to be doing a lot of that sort of thing like you're used to this character being this thing well now it's this other character and then we go back to the normal one yeah like this other guy's captain america now and now it's steve rogers and now it's bucky and now it's steve rogers and now it's the falcon and now it's steve rogers <laughs> and now tony stark's iron man now it's this teenage girl and i bet you anything it will be tony stark again before you know it and everyone seems to get upset whenever they do it and they switch it back um yep i always feel like i am watching i feel like sometimes i feel like when i read comic book discussions i'm watching goldfish so I'm kind of like, I, I literally watched you all have the same discussion <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Enchantress is in this wave from Thor. Hey! So, it, so it's, it's a good sculpt to the body. I really like her face sculpt. She has this really great <laughs> villain smirk. Yeah. I just cursed on the show. I'm, I might remember to edit it <laughs> well they say that word on cable tv now it should be fine yeah um anyway so she's got this great smirk villainy smirk um i kind of wish they had her little bustier thing a little higher she's a little slutty looking <laughs> with how low it is um yeah. but otherwise you know it's all right um decent enough figure uh I don't remember the name of this other character. I have no familiarity with this character whatsoever. She's like a little gothy looking magic girl. Um, her accessories include a whole other left arm that's a little more armored and has translucent purple plastic. Oh, I think she's from Runaways, if I recall correctly. Okay. Uh, this is a- I read some early Runaways and... I don't know if a character evolves into looking like this or if she's a later introduced character, but it's not familiar to me. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of operating off of... I, I never read Runaways properly, but I read a lot of pieces of it on Scans Daily. Uh-huh. Uh, 
so I might be wrong. Yeah, then her other accessory is like this big magic wandy looking thing that's very big and then has this clip on like purple smoke effect piece. That's cool. That makes it even bigger. And she is small with very thin arms. And this thing is very large when it's all put together and stuck in her hand. And her wrists are pretty weak. It's almost impossible to get her to hold it well. Because it just wants to tip the whole thing over or tip her wrist or something. I wonder if the idea is more so that that accessory is holding her. Oh. But it's too short to be used as like a tripod leg or something. Oh. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's short. It's completely handheld and it's much larger at the top than the bottom. Uh, It's a little disappointing. It's a decent enough character design. I just don't have any, you know, I just don't know about it. It's just not a character I know. Yeah. Um, Iron Fist is in this wave. He has some mystical origins. I don't really know why you needed to do Iron Fist in this wave. More so than any of the other characters, this is the one I would have replaced with Attila Swinton. Yeah. That being said, it's a really good Iron Fist figure. I feel like Iron Fist is going to have a better place to have a Marvel figure sooner than later once his Netflix series comes out. Yeah, but, but. there wasn't a relative wave that had a Jessica Jones of any sort. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. I keep, I keep thinking about when they had like those, maybe it was complete coincidence that like one or two Daredevils came out just in time to ride some of that. Yeah, yeah. and I think there are some Netflix-style character figures in the works like didn't they show him at comic-con or something yeah I like think a daredevil so. and a jessica jones and i think it was just those two yeah well hopefully they keep doing them because i think that would be good yeah <laughs> um, was there a punisher in there too not a netflix punisher i don't think all right i I, I think that hot toys showed one of him but i might be wrong maybe there was a netflix punisher in marvel legends yeah i don't remember um but this is a good iron fist he has that like newer spider-man buck body with the uh that's shoulder swing yeah um whatever that hinge is to be named in the future or is named now like everything seems to have a name like swivel joint and universal pivot ball socket whatever um (laughs) so he's got that so he's got that next level of posability uh, he comes with two sets of hands. Um, one pair of hands are like taped up, like wrappings taped, like wrapped around his forearms, up his wrist, and around his hands. And then he has effect pieces of like flaming punches that you just sl- slot onto his hands. Mm-hmm. And then the other pair of hands is really cool and like makes the whole figure for me. They're transparent yellow with a thin black piece in the middle so it gives the effect of his hands are like glowing with his like mystical energy and and it the black is like his bones oh that's cool so it's like you're seeing the bones in his arm and hands it's really neat. I don't know if I'm describing it well, but it looks really cool. I'm pretty sure I have a picture of it. 
I could make you share images with. <laughs> I I think because I, I saw pictures of the wave, but that effect I don't recall seeing. So here you go. You can see it there, but it it looks really cool. It I have at least one, if not two, other iron fists. This probably replaces those. Oh, that is a really cool effect. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know how I would describe that. It just looks really cool. It looks like it's referencing like an artist's way of depicting his superpowers. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Okay, so going into the movie style figures, you have Carl Mordu. Yeah. The uh, black friend of the movie. <laughs> um, decent figure. Has the uh, staff of the Living Tribunal, which is not a thing in the comics. Uh, the Living Tribunal is, but there is no staff of the Living Tribunal in the comics. So what that means for any pot potential Living Tribunal in the cinematic universe, I don't know. Oh man, I hope that just a proper classic, like, kooky Jim Starlin Living Tribunal shows up somewhere. Yeah, well, that was, that was like, always when you my, get to Infinity War. That's one of my favorite cosmics. Was that design? Just a big glowing yellow guy with three faces. Yeah, and nothing in the movie when the staff is being used as a weapon seems like any sort of reference to what the Living Tribunal is. He's gonna show up and he's gonna be like, "What are you? What were you doing with my staff?" Yeah, give me my stick back. <laughs> he's like, "He's like, were you hitting people with it?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? What? Did you call this? This is Staff of the Living Tribunal. It's like, that's one of my toothpicks. <laughs> like, what you think is magical energy imbued in it is like some food that I hate. <laughs> it's my it's my cosmic spit. Yeah. It's, it's gross. I threw it away for a reason. It's been used. <laughs> don't put <laughs> my roast. name on this. Don't put my name on this. You don't see that's the toilet paper of Carl Mordu. Do you? <laughs> Just see, that's toilet paper I'm flushing. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, then the Doctor Strange figure, the movie-style Doctor Strange. Um, yes. His hair is very different than in the movie. Like, I'm... And aspects of the cloak are a little different. Like, the... In the movie, there isn't anything connecting, like, the two sides. It just kind of comes up over his shoulders. And the toy, there's, like, these, like, threads that cross. And the design of, like, the little metal flourish on the shoulder bits of the cloak are different than in the movie hmm. which made me start wondering i wonder if this was a case of they had some like unfinished art that was passed on the hasbro so they could have the toy ready for the release of the movie yeah that seems most likely and then there were some changes because like with the head sculpt his hair is completely gray on the sides and just dark on the top and like it looks like it's buzzed on the sides and then a little pompadour ish on top. Yeah. Um where his hair never looks anything like that in the movie, and he just has a couple modest streaks of gray on the sides, not completely gray on the sides. So I it doesn't hurt the figure at all, in my opinion. I just think maybe those were signs of uh there being differences like they were working off some early 
screen test footage or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so I got these figures before we saw the movie, and my first opinion was, eh, "This is strange, Doctor Strange. He's kind of bland looking. Movie the movie version is kind of bland looking compared to the comic book Strange. Like the cloak isn't as dramatic with the giant collar and the gold trim and stuff." And then after we saw the movie, I was like, I love this figure. This comic book style one is garbage. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie won me over for the toy. I'm excited to see it. And then the last figure in the wave is um, Astral Projection Doctor Strange. So it's the exact same sculpt, minus the cape, minus... Um, oh, and the other one came with a big shield like magic shield with like crazy like geometric ruins all over it yeah um so the astral projection one doesn't come with the clay cape does come with the eye of agamotto which is a separate necklace piece um no effect parts but it's all in this like milky translucent white that's the one when I saw the wave lineup where I felt like that doesn't seem like that really needs to be there. Yeah, that's another figure you could easily replace the ancient one for. That that seems like the one where if there's going to be a shelf warmer, yeah, it's going to be that one. And when they do astral projection in the movie, they're more ghosty than milky white. Like he doesn't turn milky white. He's just like semi see through. Otherwise, he has all the same colors. Like he doesn't become uncolored. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just I I really and it I don't expect it to happen. Like I was complaining about this to some other people, and they were like, "Well, maybe they'll do another wave." I'm like, "Well, just the way Marvel Legends has been going, it's like a a live action referencing wave." That will still, they'll mix in a couple comic style characters too. Uh, for whatever movie or, or what have you that's out. And then the next wave will be straight comic book. And then the wave after that will be whatever the next movie is. Yeah. So I don't expect them to do any more Doctor Strange movie figures. But I would really like them to, even if it's just the ancient one and nobody else. I would love a Wong. Wong kind of steals every scene that he's in. Uh, played by Benedict Wong. Mm-hmm. So it was probably really easy for him to answer to the name of his character to get used to that. <laughs> um, it's like, why do you keep calling me by my last name, you yeah. bunch of jerks? I really like that actor. He plays Genghis Khan in the Mar- Netflix Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love his voice. Like, I could just listen to that dude talk. I really like his voice. He's great. (laughs) And then he's just, he's cool in this movie. Like where in the comics, Wong is like Dr. Strange's butler manservant guy that will go fetch him tea or whatever. Um, Wong is a much more interesting, engaged character in this. Who's got stuff to do. Um, And I think they're Wong's going to be in the infinity war movie. I think I read. Oh, cool. Like Doctor Strange and Wong are both going to be in Infinity War, which is which is great. I I really like this Benedict Wong guy. He's a, he's a cool actor. He just seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Um, 
he gets to do a little funny stuff in in the movie. He gets to be a badass. He it's it's a great they they did a good job translating Wong for the movie. Where he could have been so just nothing. Yeah, he could have been on the side. A stereotype character, which he kinda is in the comic. I guess he does martial arts in the comics. Yep. I was reading a thing with Benedict Wong where he was saying like no, it's great that they took that part of the character out because not every Asian man has to do kung fu or whatever. Yeah. So that is the doctor. Oh, and then the build a figure is Dormammu. Is it a, Dormammu. Is it a comics oriented Dormammu? Yes, and like a newer style, which I think has improved over like old style comic. Dormammu, where his head is just a ball of fire with like these black stripes, yeah, to suggest where a head a head is inside the flame. It's like a big thing of flame with like more of a blackened plate of a face. Um, then they kind of do a cool thing in the movie. regarding Dormammu where they kind of reference that old style of drawing his face. They Mm. kind of reference that in the movie without with it being different, but a reference to it that I thought was kind of neat. So the build of figure is cool. He's huge compared to a a regular size figure, not huge. Like the old toy biz build of figures were massive, like the Sentinel and, and uh, Galactus and, apocalypse but he's big and imposing and it's pretty cool looking it's a good build a figure and that's all the marvel stuff (laughs) so the last thing i got (laughs) off topic um is the the four horsemen uh raven guy crow headed bird uh decimus harabin i believe his name um so i got that they did another run of those birds so i was able to get it i tweeted you a picture of mine with all of his extra kickstarter bits attached okay let me check twitter 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 uh, i don't see anything from you what did the tweet fail oh, there it is oh, no, okay it, it popped up there it is okay yeah so the version i got doesn't have the helmet or the wings or the sword yeah, those are all the extra Kickstarter add-ons. Yeah. Uh, there's also, they did a screaming alternate head for him as well. Uh, uh, I was curious. Yeah, so it doesn't if, have that stuff. I was but. curious if any of that stuff made it into the production one. No. Darn it. Did the Kickstarter one come with that stand too? or The stand, the stand was another, like all the wings were a separate thing. The stand was a separate thing. Oh, okay. And then there was a little baggie you could get with the screaming head, the helmet, and the sword. Okay. Yeah, no, none of that's in here. And that, you know, kept the price more reasonable. Yeah. Um, I assume. But yeah, it's it's great. Um, I've developed a thing for carrion birds over the last few years, it seems. Like, I've always had Buzzard as part of my internet name. Mm-hmm. Or not always, but it's been a part of my internet name longer than it hasn't at this point. Um, so there's been an affinity through that. But then kind of more recently, just 
there's a lot of crows around here and now when i look at crows i just don't see a large black bird i kind of look a little more closely at them and go you know crows are really cool i love and crows. part of that is kind of learning how smart they are and like seeing some documentaries on crows and stuff and and just be like crows are kind of amazing yeah animals. <laughs> i uh, i mean i grew up in a in a town full of crows and i really liked them uh, they've always been probably my favorite bird well like i noticed a few years back um of just birds around here like there's these just kind of crummy little brown birds that are just everywhere and they peep and they don't really bother anybody but there's nothing cool about them there's these bland looking little birds and there's pigeons and there's seagulls and all those birds are really dumb you can like walk real close to them before they even think about like oh maybe i should back up um they're probably hoping you're gonna throw breadcrumbs at them or something i have so opinions they, they on let pigeons. you get close i have a lot of opinions on pigeons that yeah, are, they're garbage they're stupid <laughs> pigeons are dumb <laughs> yeah well <laughs> seagulls are pretty dumb too they're they're like Dumb well, bully okay. birds. <laughs> seagulls are worse because seagulls are dumb, but they think they're smart. Yeah. So seagulls are like giant meatheads that show up and like <laughs> screw around. And like, I like sparrows, right? Sparrows aren't smart, but sparrows are skittish and they're kind of cute. And, and and ducks every now and then have their day. In BC, seagulls. If I if I ever tried to feed sparrows or ducks out of nowhere, a seagull, usually just one, would show up at some point and do the bird equivalent of going like, Duh, hey, I want, I want food. Yeah, you stupid little birds, get out of here. Duh, give me some food. And so I'd usually then ball up the bread into a little bread rock and throw it at the seagull's head. And then the seagull would be like, well, I'm going to eat it. And then he'd like leave. And then every other bird would come back and we'd have a good time again. But I've always, I've always considered seagulls to be the stupid meatheads of the bird world. Yeah. Um, I forget where I was building up to. Oh, yeah. So crows. So I noticed like all these other dumbass birds, you could get like really close to them. And they're like, you got food? Like, I'm letting you get close because I'm hoping you got food. And and if I didn't have food, if I had like sinister intentions, I'd be so close. I could like really do them some harm at this point. Oh, yeah. Crows won't let you get anywhere near them. They know... They know, like, if you got food, you'll throw it. I'll come get it when you're when you back off. Um, in the meantime, I'm too smart to let you mess with me. So cr you can't get close to a crow. Ain't gonna happen. Well, and then they're gonna fly. They're gonna hop away. They're gonna fly up to something tall. They're gonna look at you and then go ah and warn all the other crows. Like, hey, this guy's being a. This guy's getting getting too invading my comfort zone. <laughs> In in Victoria, the crows they'll keep their distance, but if they start to you know if you if you treat them right, they're not gonna like you know sit on your shoulder or anything or you know they're but in Victoria, if you're nice enough to crows, they'll at least like sit on the table you're using, oh. like they'll chill out there for a little bit. If you reach for them, then they're gonna be like, "Hey, what the hell are you doing?" But like you know, if you aren't if you aren't actively trying to grope them uh, and you feed them a lot, they'll start to just sort of chill out on the table. And then if you don't feed them for a while, they'll give you a funny look, kind of like, hey, idiot, feed me food, and then they'll leave. But Yeah, and then, like, the one time I went to uh, Death Valley, where there's, like, ravens. Um, ravens are huge. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought crows were a good-sized bird, but ravens are, like, almost scary. They're so big. And, like, I witnessed two ravens working together to pull... A McDonald's bag out of a garbage can. Yeah, 
like it was one of those garbage cans with like the top that has the spring-loaded door that you have to push open and then you don't want to because who knows what nasty slime is stuck to that door but you got to push it open with your hand to get the garbage in there so these two ravens were working together one pushing the door open and the other one reaching in working this bag out and we just sat back like a good distance and just watch them work like this is kind of amazing look they're figuring it out they're getting that bag out maybe there's like some french fries left in that bag that they could get and they'll have worked for it and that's neat the moment they got the bag out a, a park worker came along shooed them away and shoved the bag back in the can <laughs> and i was like oh they, they work so hard for that <laughs> crows form uh they form like life partner type relationships where they they do similar things like in victoria there's always they're always op- they're always flying around like at the harbor it's always uh-huh. like duos of crows kind of chilling out waiting for people to drop food yeah i one of the things that i watched about crows a few years back um they showed these crows in japan i forgot what city it was um but there was like these walnut trees in a park and this one group of crows figured out that if they brought the walnuts to the street and dropped the walnuts into the street, the cars would run them over and crack the shells open. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, then they could hop down and collect the walnuts. But another group of crows in the same city learned if they drop the walnuts in a crosswalk, then when the light changes the cars stopped coming through and they could collect the walnuts safer. Man. <laughs> crows are great. Yeah. I love crows. Yeah. So now I have my anim- anamorphized crow toy. So that's rad. <laughs> but, you know, four horsemen, they do such a great job with the sculpting and stuff. It's, it's just cool. And a lot of the body is exactly the same. A lot of the detail in the armor is exactly the same as the as the buzzard that I gotten like over a year ago now. Oh yeah, from from the neck down, uh, the they're they're yeah. they're usually from the neck down, they're identical unless it's one of the ducks or one of the flamingos. Then they get the webbed feet. Yeah, but otherwise they're the same. Yeah, but it's fine, and I think I have all the birds that I need now. Yeah, like when when they first offered this round of birds, I went on. Uh, big bad and just pre-ordered everyone that i thought was sort of cool looking and then came back later and pruned a few of them down and came back later pruned a few of them down and just got it down to the crow and i was like yeah that's all i need i keep eyeballing the dragon because i missed out on the quetzalcoatl lizard in Uh the first run and i really like the clever trick of treating the feathers like scales yeah uh, and I'm probably still not going to pick them up, but like, I'm always sitting there looking at the, the more, I guess the reptilian takes, yeah. they tend to work like one of those into each wave. And I'm always like, Oh, that's so clever. I kind of, eh, like I already I, got three. Yeah. That was one of the ones I pre-ordered cause it was different. Yeah. And then all the other ones besides the crow that I pre-ordered were the ones that I thought were funny, like chickens and roosters and ducks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just kept whittling those out. It's like, well, do I think this rooster-headed one is really that cool, or it's something that I think is funny now, but might not think is funny later? <laughs> yeah. 
I've always, I'm always kind of tempted to, to keep an eye out for one because I got off the Kickstarter. I got the the bone wings that also come with like a, a skull crow head. Yeah. And I'm always like, it would be nice to have like a dedicated body for these. But I've never seen one that makes me go like, that's the one. Yeah, I think the bone wings might look cool with the vulture also. They do. That's uh, the vulture is one I kind of wish I'd picked up. So right now on Store Horsemen, there's there. I, somebody told me that these are going to go live for sale tomorrow night, but they're all listed right now. You just can't order anything. So that dragon dude is in here. Yeah, the, the, most he, of the birds are all in here. He's in stock on Big Bad as well, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Um, and then if I remember right, what happened with those pre-orders on the birds, the, this last round of the birds, I think they raised the price a little bit once they became in stock. So I think they were a little cheaper when I pre-ordered. Yeah, they're 45 right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think they must have bounced it all 10 bucks. Yeah. Oh, man. Which, uh, I was like, boy, I'm glad I pre-ordered it then. The Wave 1 birds that are still in stock have been cranked up. They still have the Falcon and the Phoenix uh-huh. from the very first Gothatropolis birds. The Falcon's now 70 and the Phoenix is 75 on Big Bad. And uh, they have the figure stand for nine bucks. Yeah, I got one. Okay. But it's going to be six bucks on Store Horseman tomorrow. Yeah. And now I have to walk back as I'm scrolling through. I might have to get one more bird. I'm looking at some of these other new ones and I'm, I'm I, I like the names like the the chicken is called Colonel Domesticus. <laughs> that's that's not bad. Uh, wait, I'm seeing this URL. I hadn't clicked on it yet, but Egalis is the American flag one. Yeah, that's. They're he's, gonna... they're doing another run on him. Yeah. No. So I might have to get one more bird. <laughs> I was really impressed with the soft goods cloak on that guy. I never I never ended up getting one, but they they made a special packaging for him as well. Like, he has his, his own, like, Egalis card with the big stars and stripes thing. Yeah, so on the picture it says, cast your vote for freedom this coming November 11th at Store Horseman. <laughs> well, it's past the 11th. Yeah. Oh, you know what? What's the day? It's 13th. Yeah, I saw people talking about this drop, and I think this drop came and went. Oh, did and, like, it already happen? Yeah, and it, it took, like, five minutes, and then it sold out. Uh, bummer. Damn it! I didn't know that they had like Tibius and because st- there's a bunch of those skeleton guys I missed out on that I, I, I don't want to pay high for. Oh well, I'll get another chance. Wait, no, someone, someone just told me on Twitter that these are going live tomorrow. Well, now I'm confused. There's a sale tomorrow. Storehorseman.com, nine p.m. Eastern. Unless it's different, but th- the last time. The last time they did a release, they had everything listed for a couple of days before the actual sales went live. Yeah. Which is what I was assuming was happening here. Maybe these all happened and there's something else? Because, yeah, there's a couple of these skeletons like Tibius and I would probably grab that golden skeleton. Uh, We'll find that. Yeah. Well, I just... The thing that I like about the Golden Skeleton is I love the idea of a very arrogant necromancer gold coating <laughs> like a couple skeletons would be like his personal guard or something. Yeah. 
It's the guy has the fancy so skeletons. He's like, I got the best, classiest skeletons. <laughs> they're terrific. They're gold-plated. The gold. They're classy. And the gold skeletons kind of like, this. it's actually hard to move. The gold plating, and you put armor on top of it. I can barely get anything, any friction going in my body. <laughs> You'd think that they would have a hard time moving, but I use the best necromantic magics to animate them. In the back, they're like... They're he... second to none. They're terrific. Does he even know how... He didn't He didn't necromance any magic ligaments on? Like, I'm just flopping. I can just sort of wave my body around. No, they're the best. The greatest. Is there a, is there a pole stuck up the back of my armor plate? Am I even standing? Like, they're just trying to walk. They're just jiggling around like a scarecrow stuck on a pole. <laughs> I don't know. I think magically reanimated skeletons can handle a little bit of gold. That's yeah. Awesome. I, just, I really want to pick up a skeleton and a, and a knight guy. I think they still have um, the big evil knight at Big Bad. Yeah. Whatever his name was. I'm I'm just I like the monster undead figures the most. Yeah. I, I just I like I like I like an evil knight with a big cape and I like uh I like the look of like all the skeleton characters cuz some of them have capes and some of them have big hammers and it's good times. Yeah, David Fake Eyes the other day was tweeting a Templar knight and that's the only human figure I've seen yet where I was like that one's pretty good. Yeah. Also, the vulture is still in stock at Big Bad. Man, I gotta, much. I gotta stop. Just they, they have one for forty five and one for sixty five. I would get the forty five dollar one. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'm not gonna tell you what you should do with your money. <laughs> um, is there anything else on your what you got this week? That's it. So I'm just, I'm just gonna fall Lord. into a. I'm just gonna fall into a pit of looking at listings for these toys again, and I should at least not record doing that. So uh, that's the show then. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back with some more Transformers talk and other talk in another uh, period of days. Thanks, Seth, for joining me here and getting my mind on Mythic Legions again. Sure. Managed to get them off my off my mind for a little while, but they're oh fake eyes tweets. Then I get excited, and then I pass the lack of savings on to you. It all comes down to friggin' fake eyes, David. That guy's got fake eyes. He posted a pretty great photo today from whatever New Jersey Toy Con. Those guys are all out. Was, was that was that the one with the the yellow Devastator and Nathan yeah. Drake? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was pretty great. Frigging Fake Eyes 22 is somebody who I don't know who would ever pay him for this, but his ability to take photos should be paid somehow. He should be able to make some scratch on his ability to take photos of things. Well, I'm constantly jealous because he'll he'll tweet a, a funny toy picture and be like, man, I have those toys. Why didn't I think of that? Because, you know, I I take a little pride in tweeting funny toy pictures from time to time. Yeah. And then when I see somebody do a better job, it makes me a little jealous. Like, I don't, it doesn't make me hate the guy. It just makes me want to be better. Um, but then, so, on Twitter, there's this, like, wrestling thread that you're a part of, too. Yeah. Um, so someone tweeted a picture of the upcoming Bailey figure. And I suggested, 
hey, you could do funny pictures with that Bailey doing this thing. And then someone said, oh, someone tell fake eyes to get on that. And I was like, but I just made the eye. Suggest- it was just my idea. Like, <laughs> because I can't do it. <laughs> I'll show you all. Screw. I just had the idea. <laughs> like, I don't care if he does it too. But, like, don't be like, oh, yeah, that's a funny idea. You can't handle it, though. Let's get this other guy to do it. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> so you've got you to step up to the, to the plate now. You gotta go go out there, get the Bailey figure with the kind of funny looking face sculpt. Oh, that that's a good way to describe every wrestling figure. And you know, get all jam a and jam a taco in her mouth first. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> like again, not to get onto a tangent, but why do wrestling head sculpts always look wrong? I don't They scan the wrestlers and the head sculpts still always look wrong. Yeah, they do. And I think part of it is because uh, I think it's like a weird combination of it is scanned, so it's super accurate to the contours of the person's human head, but it's just cast in plastic and very rarely has any paint. And when it does, it's just like over heavily applied beard stubble or something. Yeah. So they're not painted well. Like there's that guy, I'm sure you've seen pictures. I can't remember his name. I think he's like from Singapore or something. But he repaints toy faces. Yeah, yeah. And, like, these toys that barely look anything like the the person that they're sculpted to look like, all of a sudden almost look like photos of the real person after this guy repaints them. It's incredible. And I bet if he repainted a lot of these, these wrestling toys, they would look way better. I think it's just the lack of paint just being cast in this flat plastic. Um, But cases where with a lot of these Mattel wrestling figures where it's somebody who they can't scan because either they're too old now and they're trying to make a toy of them from the 70s or 80s. And now they're like in their 60s. So if you scan them, they don't look young or because they've passed away. So they so it's more of a caricature. I think usually work better because you know they're exaggerating facial features that you think of when you think of that person yeah and the caricature suddenly looks better than a real scan yeah it's just the the, it's the, a weird thing. the number of times the real scans just end up looking like super junk i'm like maybe, yeah. maybe i mean if it's cheaper to do the real scans and keep doing them but if it's more expensive to do them maybe dial back from doing those a bit yeah anyway that's a show. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll we'll talk to you all later on uh, in this big old internet. <laughs> It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.